Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. You can read his Broncos coverage at milehighsports.com or watch the Locked on Broncos podcast. Cody Rourke joins us. He's our Broncos insider. Good morning, Cody. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing well. I just saw that uh, Shaq Leonard, uh, one-time Colts linebacker, guy that there was maybe some slight interest in on the Broncos standpoint, signing with Philadelphia today. So, uh, But it didn't seem like that interest was real strong in Shaq Leonard, or, or was it stronger than we're being led to believe? No, Denver, I mean, Denver, obviously, they were looking at it, but they, I mean, financially, no, they, they weren't able to afford it, especially if they were going to try to put a claimant off waivers. That's why he didn't go claimed off of waivers. Um, and obviously, for him allowing to clear the waiver process, teams that were interested could look at signing him. But Denver wasn't seriously interested in him at that juncture. I mean, obviously, they're very focused on Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton. Part of the issues with Shaq Leonard is the concerns about his injury history, and he's been banged up over the course of the last three seasons, hasn't played a lot of football. And, you know, when healthy, he's a dang good football player, but the Broncos felt like they were in a pretty good position right now, and it didn't make sense to bring in a guy that probably isn't going to play much at, at this juncture, um, especially for where Denver's at right now defensively. Broncos coming off the loss at Houston, where um, the offensive line, at least from a pass protection standpoint, looked like it took some steps back. Will Anderson... The rookie had a great game. Uh, Broncos gave up three sacks. Didn't run the ball as well as they have during the five-game winning streak. It, it, it felt like, from that standpoint, Cody, a little bit of a, a setback by that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a surprise there to see. You know, they did well against Cleveland, and then they couldn't figure out a way to, to mitigate the rush there from uh, the Houston Texans. That factored into a lot of things. I think it slowed down Russell Wilson's clock a little bit. Actually, sped it up a little bit. You know, there were times where he escaped the pocket that was clean. Um, and, and, you know, there were some missed opportunities that Sean Payton had alluded to when we talked to him yesterday on a conference call. But uh, just disappointing, Jim. I mean, uh, overall, the offense, I mean, this is the thing. is Look, the five-game win streak, they haven't been perfect, right? But they've, they've made some good ground. They've, they've been efficient. They've been clean with the football uh, but the issue that we saw here on Sunday, they opened up the game four straight punts, their first two possessions coming out of halftime, two straight punts, and then they had three turnovers, and they still had a chance to win. So, Jim, here's what I gather from that. Look, Denver's offense hasn't played their best football. That's, that's a promising sign, but it's also concerning because you're getting at a crucial point of the season now where you have to play your best football because if you want to make the playoffs, your room for error has become marginally thinner, especially after losing to the Texans on Sunday. One of the things that, that Sean Payton talked about, Cody, in that, that conference call was Denver's inability on third down, 0 for 11 on third down. But one of the things that I, I thought was interesting Sean talked about was he felt like they were better on first down, the early downs, where there there really were more manageable third down opportunities. They just didn't didn't take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, they had third and shorts, and I was surprised that they couldn't get it. And look, Jim, I think another issue that we got to talk about here is I mean, Denver's obviously, they're, they're making most of their hay in the run game on the inside, right, in the A and the B gaps, but they're struggling to get to the outside. They're, I mean, that's where it's kind of makes Denver's offense a little bit one-dimensional because their passing game is either to the flats, it's short, or it's a deep explosive play, but there really is no existing intermediate passing game, and in the run game, it's inside runs, and the outside running game is not effective. So that is a huge concern for me with this offense going forward. I, I don't know what they can do to rectify it. But they haven't figured it out, and you know that you're running up against the clock here. You're going to play Khalil Mack, who's having a terrific season. So you know for the Chargers this year, as bad as the Chargers have been, obviously for them coming off a six nothing win, which is a weird score in the NFL. But 
um, you don't you don't have time to, to to figure out. Okay, hey, how do we get there? Like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if the offensive scheme is too complex, or if that Denver doesn't have the personnel to execute these things consistently enough. It's got to be something in between there. I'm going to ask you this question. We had a texter, Steve, that asked us this about Jaleel McLaughlin. Are they using him the right way? It's hard to answer that because of Samaje and what he's been able yeah. to do, and obviously Javante being healthy. But like Jaleel, anytime Jaleel's in the game, the ball's going to him. So it kind of, it kind of gives this inclination. Okay, hey, number thirty-eight's in the game. All right, it's either going to be an outside run or they're going to throw it to him. And defenses are picking up on that. At least that's just my overall my interpretation of what I'm seeing there. And look, it's tough. You're asking a guy like you're putting him in situations where. Okay, if it's a passing situation, you need him to pass pro. That's not his strength. He's not he's not big enough to be able to do that against NFL linebackers. So it does kind of make it, okay, hey, third down, this guy's in. Okay, it's a passing play. We already know that. It's going to go to him, or he's going to run an outlet route there. But Denver's going to have to find a way, I think, to be a little more diverse in this situation. I think is probably the more polished route runner right now in terms of the running backs out of the backfield, which makes it – Easy to see why he's getting a lot more of those reps here going forward. I, I don't know how they can get back to using Jalil how they did earlier because he is a special player, and I think they can find ways, especially in the inside run game, to, to kind of get things going there. I just I don't know what's going on. He has not had the same type of success he had a little bit early on in the season, and that has been a little bit of a concern here. Cody Rourke with us, My Life Sports Locked on Broncos podcast, our Broncos insider with us on the Team Sports Network. Nico Collins had a monster game, 191 yards and a touchdown. What went wrong in regard to, to covering Collins? I mean, everything, Jim. I, <laughs> I have no idea. It was it was very interesting to me. You know, Fabian Moreau's been playing some good football for Denver. Um, you know, we saw that big explosive play down the left sideline really early on in this game, and Denver just had no answer for him. And obviously when Sertan went down for a little bit, that was a little bit of a concern overall. Um, but then, you know, just once again, he, he found soft spots in zone coverage for explosive plays. He caught the Broncos in cloud coverage on the right side and got a big explosive play down the field. And then obviously the wide open touchdown in the fourth quarter, that obviously hurt Denver. If they were able to mitigate that, then, you know, Denver probably would have won that game. But, uh, I just think that he, he's a terrific receiver. He's long, he's fast. I mean, he's very fast from what we were able to see. But I think he and C.J. Stroud have a really good connection. There was a time where I thought Moreau had really good coverage on him. You were hoping that pressure was going to get to Stroud. Uh, Collins made a great move that, you know, Moreau thought he was going to sit and kind of got on the hip. He hesitated for a second, and then he just kept running, and so he was wide open for a big play there. It was a disappointing performance for Denver's defense in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea. I, was, I, I mean, the fact he had nine catches for a buck 91, Jim, that's crazy. It is crazy. The Broncos haven't allowed a performance like that so far this season, even though that they got blasted by 50 points by the Dolphins, they still don't allow a receiver to go crazy like that against him. So that was, uh, that was a little bit of a concern. And obviously it's something worth monitoring, especially as the Broncos gear up to face Keenan Allen this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Cody work with us on the team sports network, uh, your takeaway on the Alex Singleton play on the, on the fourth and goal, which th- that came back to really hurt the Broncos. Oh, I think that honestly, when you look back at this game, the outcome of it, you could probably say that was maybe the difference in this game. And look, the thing that I, you know, want to pinpoint here, I, for Alex Singleton, I, I felt like maybe that should have just been an offsetting penalty on Stroud and Singleton. Um, you know, the, the NFL is what the NFL is. They're always going to protect quarterbacks. But I felt it kind of interesting that, you know, on that play, Stroud comes up and digs his helmet, kind of headbutts 
Singleton with his helmet. You know, we see a helmet-to-helmet initiation contact there. So Singleton shoves him and gets flagged there. To me, I don't, I don't agree with that. Look, obviously you got to be smarter in that situation. You can't do that, especially because it's fourth, fourth and six, and there was a false start. It was a dead ball penalty. Um, yeah, it's just tough position to be in, and obviously they're going to score Damian Pierce three yards out, and that was the, really the second, the first touchdown of the game, and their second only of the game. You take away that play there, and maybe hold them to a field goal. Denver might win this game, so uh, it's rough looking back on. But you know, like I said, I, I just don't agree with kind of how. You know, it was all one-sided favoring the quarterback when the quarterback was also part of the the whole scrum to begin with. So, yeah, to begin with. So, 